evening, everybody. How you guys doing tonight? All right. A lot of new faces here, a couple faces we haven't seen in a while. We are so glad you are here. Uh, if you don't know who I am, let me take just a few quick seconds and introduce myself. My name is Daryl. I am the minister of high school here at Cross Life. Uh, love what I get to do for a living. The fact that this is like one of the main responsibilities of my job and uh, like of my life is awesome that I get to hang out with high schoolers and just teach them about Jesus and, and just invest in them is awesome. Um, also, I, I want to point out my new shirt. Um, I got it today. It's, I got it for free. Um, so free shirts are the best shirts. Um, and it's funny because he got best smile for his graduating class and he's wearing a mask. Get it? It's funny. Never mind. You guys are dumb. But as cool as this shirt is, it is not the coolest shirt in the room. Um, I need my wife to stand up. I won't call you up here because I know that you'll kill me. Um, but I don't know if you guys could see my shirt that I got her for Christmas last year. It's by far the best shirt in the room. It, it, if you can't see from back there, see it afterwards. It's my face all over it. Everywhere it goes. It's amazing. It's the best shirt that you could ever own. If you want one, I can get you one. Just let me know. Hit me up. Um, and for a small fee, I can get one printed for you too. All right, um, but tonight we are continuing our series called Uncommon. Uh, if you were here last week, we started this series, uh, and we're going to continue in this series for the next couple weeks. And the whole concept behind this series is the idea of us as Christians being different. As Christians, we are called to be uncommon. We are, we are called to be different. We're called to live a life that is different than the world around us. If you were here last week, we talked about the idea that, that Jesus was uncommon and that the church that Jesus created, which we are a part of right now, like you are sitting in a part of that ministry that Jesus started himself, you are called to something different. It's a different kind of community. Last week, we called it uncommon community. And we spent some time looking at the early church in the book of Acts, which is like the church that happened right after Jesus. Like Jesus ascends into heaven, and the, the story of Acts is like these men that walked with Jesus, that talked with Jesus, that learned from Jesus, like putting his actions into play and, and making it happen. And we talked a little bit about how the early church was devoted. Uh, the community that they were in experienced a few things. They experienced the awe as they watched God work. They experienced generosity among each other. They experienced the presence of God through worship. They experienced lives being changed by the gospel daily. And then they also devoted themselves, uh, or, and they, they, they devoted themselves to the teachings. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, and they devoted themselves to prayer. And that set them apart from the world around them. The way that they lived their lives, the way that they chose to live, um, was different than anything else that was going on in the world. And last week, if you were here, you were challenged to uh, do the same thing in your life. Devote yourself to some things, to Jesus, his teaching, his church, his followers, his prayers. And then I challenged us to experience this uncommon community together. To experience this community together and watch God work. Last week we had one in here that, that gave his life to Jesus and his life was forever changed. That is something that you can stand in awe of, guys. That you can sit back and go, wow, God, I can't believe you just did that. That was amazing. 
We get to experience that together. We, we can experience the generosity of the church together. We can experience God together through worship, and we get to experience life change together. That's what Uncommon Community is all about. To be a part of something bigger than yourself that the world might not fully understand. We challenged you last week, we reminded you of our, of our ping pong ball uh, display over here that we've started back in January and then COVID hit a big pause button on it for like four months, five months, all right? But we're, get, we're starting it back up and, and you have an opportunity to, to invite people to church, to uh, share the gospel with them and, and, and just be able to have those gospel conversations and if you have those things, if you experience those things, you can drop a ping pong ball in this display, just not so we can like brag about what we've accomplished, but so that we can celebrate what God is doing through our uncommon community. And I want to challenge us as we continue in this series to remember that thought that we are a part of something different. This isn't just like a get together of friends. This is God ordained. This is God uh, stepping in and challenging us to live a different kind of life. Now you might be here for the first time. This might be your first time walking through the door uh, of this building and maybe you've, a friend invited you. I want you to know that you're not here on accident. God has you here for a reason. God has you here so that he can speak to you through an idiot like me. I just want you to know that God has you here for a reason, and I want to encourage you just to, to listen. You might not understand everything that's said, but that's okay. Ask questions. We would love to answer them. But tonight, as we continue this series of Uncommon, I want to, I want to make a statement here that hopefully will resonate with you, is that every single one of us in our lives whether you're a member of Cross Life, whether you're a Christian or not, you are called to be uncommon. Every single person in this room is called to be uncommon. Each of you has a purpose. We're called to that purpose. As a matter of fact, I'm so good, I could tell every single one of you your purpose for life right now. Like, here's the thing, like, this is a million-dollar industry. There's guys that make, like, tons of money being a life coach and, like, writing books about, like, how to, like, have success in your life and to fulfill the purpose that you're here for and how to succeed. Well, I'm going to save you the hassle of having to pay somebody later. Um, you won't even have to pay me. Uh, I mean, feel free to bribe me with coffee, but you don't have to. Like, it, it's not expected, but always welcome. But we, I just need you to know that this is 100% free of charge. You ready? Here it is. Here is the purpose that every single one of us in this room has. Love and serve God with all that you do. Done. No matter where you stand with God, no matter where your relationship with him is, or even if you have a relationship with him or not, you are called on this earth to love and serve God with all that you do. That's it. We've all been called to this. But to be honest with you, and if I'm being honest with myself, 
So many of us miss the mark with this daily. It sounds great in theory to love and serve God with all that you have, but then why do we struggle with it? Why do we miss the mark? Why? Because we're focused on us. We're focused on our plans, on our decisions, on our ideas, on our lives, rather than on the God who spoke all those things into existence. This isn't a new phenomenon either. That's the problem. Like this struggle uh, of people trying to do it on their own has, was around since the beginning of humankind. I mean, you guys know the story of Adam and Eve. Like they're in the garden. They have the best life you could possibly imagine. And they decided to do it their way instead of God's way. And the rest of us have been paying the price for that ever since. There's story after story all throughout Scripture and all throughout history of people trying to do it on their own. And tonight, I want to look at an example of this. If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn towards the end of the Old Testament. There's a small little book in there called Haggai. If you, if you blink while you're turning pages, you'll probably miss it. If you have an app, you've got a much better chance of finding it. It's only two chapters long. It's really short. And, and Haggai here is having a conversation with the, the, the Jews of the time, God's people in the Old Testament. And, and he's challenging them concerning their priorities. He, he's called them to reverence. He's called them to do what is right, to, to build God's temple, to, to be focused on the things of God. But they're so concerned and so wrapped up with their own well-being and their own homes that they can't even focus on what God has called them to do. We're the same way. We're selfish. We like our stuff. Right? I mean, I'll admit, I'll tell you, I am a selfish human being. My wife can attest to this. I like my stuff. You found the right one. Good job. <laughs> like, we, we can, she can attest to this. Like, if we go out to a restaurant on a date night, and I order food, and she orders food, and then her grimy little hand reaches across the table to take like a piece of my food off of my plate, I turn into Gollum real quick. Like I'm like hugging the plate, I'm grabbing the fork, stabbing at her hand. Like if you wanted fries, order fries. Don't eat my fries. Like if you want onion rings, order onion rings. I wanted my onion rings, like perfect proportion for me. I didn't equate for you taking some. But we're the same way. Like we're not just that way with food or possessions. Like I think in our time, we're selfish. We don't like to give things up for other people. Am I right? I mean, if we're really being honest with ourselves, we, we don't like to give things up. We like to have what is ours. And, and here's the thing, guys. Listen, we're the same way when we approach God. We don't like to give up our plans for God's plans. We don't like to give up our time 
to sacrifice for him. Sometimes we forget that God is the only one who can satisfy anything that we're looking for. Like you can accomplish success upon success, but eventually you're going to run dry. God is the only one who can provide full satisfaction in your life. I promise you that. And here in Haggai, the, 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 the author here, or, or Haggai, the, the prophet, is calling out the people and telling them, listen, stop focusing on yourselves and focus on what God has called you to. Because you've been called to something different. You've been called to be uncommon. It says here in Haggai chapter 1, verses 2 through 6, Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Verse number six, you have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink and you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Now you might hear that passage and be like, what does that have to do with me? That has nothing to do with me. Like, I'm not involved in this. Like, none of that has, it does though. Like, I need you to understand, to be honest with yourself and truly examine your heart and your motives because I'd be willing to bet that this describes most of us right here in this room. God has called us to live for him, but yet we live for ourselves daily. God has called us all to something great. He's called us to do something different. He's called us to live for him and honor him and serve him. Yet daily, we do what we want to do rather than what God wants us to do. How do we get there? Why do we tend to stray away from what God calls us to do? Why do we chase the things that won't fulfill us? Why do we build our kingdom when we could be building something far greater through God? Why is it so hard to be uncommon? I got two reasons for you. Why is being uncommon uncommon? First is this, we have our own plans. How many of you have like already mapped out like where you want to go to college, what your career is going to be, like you have an idea of what you're want going to do in the next five years. Anybody? All right. How many of you guys have a plan for at least the next year? Like you kind of have an idea, like oh, this is what I want to do. Like how many of you guys have no idea what you're going to do tomorrow morning? All right, good. You're being honest with yourselves, all right? But here's the thing. We have our own plans. We have things we want to accomplish. I'm guilty of this. I have things I want to see happen in my life. I have things that I want to do. I have places I want to travel to. I have, things, I have goals that I want to acquire. And when I was in high school, I was no different. I could tell you guys, listen, that my story probably reflects a lot of yours. I had things mapped out. 
My junior year of high school, I was like, I'm going to go play college football. I'm going to be on a scholarship. I'm going to go get my education degree. And if I don't make the league, I'm going to coach and teach. Like that was my plan, my plan. And God laughed in my face and said, nope, that might be your plan, but I've got something much greater for you. And here's the thing, it's so hard to be uncommon, it's so hard to live because it requires letting go of your plan. It requires us saying, God, um, I surrender what I want to do and I want to do what you want me to do. It's changing your priorities. We're control freaks. We like to control everything we can. We like to go, um, if, if, if we go against our plans, we gotta give up control. It's impossible to control everything. Can I tell you that? Do we have any self-proclaimed control freaks in here? Like you don't like when you don't know what's going on. Like you like to have a schedule. You like to know, like, hey, yeah, it's okay. You can raise your hand. Um, even though like you don't want to and you wanna control your own decisions, but I get you. Like I understand you because I am you. I'm a control freak. I like to know where things are. I like to have my hands in on things. Like I like to know that how things are operating, how things are going to play out. But can I tell you that it's impossible to control everything. Here's a few simple things that none of you in this room were able to control in your life. Ready? When you were born. Newsflash, you had no control over that. Number two. You had no control over who your parents are. Like you came out of the womb out of control. Number three, some of you might try to control this, but I guarantee you can't. Your stress levels, your anxiety, your struggles, the pain that's in your life, the suffering that you've experienced. So much of that is uncontrollable, guys. So much of that you have no control over. There was this time I was sitting at a stoplight in Newark, New Jersey. I was in college, and I, I was like three cars back from the red light. I was just sitting there waiting for, I just dropped my friend off at the airport, and like I'm waiting to go home. And all of a sudden, as I'm stopped there obeying the law, I heard screeching tires coming in from behind me. And a Toyota RAV4, two cars back, came flying in at 55 miles an hour and hit the car behind me and pushed that car behind me into my rear end of my car and pushed my car forward into the bumper of the car in front of me. I had no control in that moment. I was doing nothing wrong. There was no negative, there was no like thing that I did to cause it other than be in the wrong place at the wrong time. If you're trying to control every avenue of your life, guys, I'm going to tell you, you're going to fall short, you're going to mess up, you're, you're going to miss the mark. You cannot control your life. So why not give up control of your life to the one who can? God is the only one who can, who can control the world around you. And here's what I've learned in my own life. When I stop trying to control every aspect of my life and I stop trying to force my plan, God steps in and gives me a peace. 
He gives me the, 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 the relief of that stress, the relief of that anxiety, because I know the God of the universe, the God who spoke everything into existence, is on my side. And when I'm fulfilling his plan for my life, I know I'm taken care of. Can I tell you that it was never in my plan to move all the way from Alaska to Oviedo, Florida? Like, if you would have talked to me two years ago, I would have laughed in your face. I would have been like, nope. Never. But God stepped in. God changed my heart. And God is in that business. He does that for us. Why else? Why else is it so hard and so difficult to be uncommon? to fulfill that calling that God has called you to, to be different. And this is where it might get a little real for some of you. It's uncomfortable. Can I tell you that living for Jesus at times can be uncomfortable? Living by the standard that's set out in this book can be really uncomfortable at times because guess what? Newsflash, not everybody in the world lives by this standard. Not everybody in the world agrees to the truths of God's word that we do. And that can make things extremely uncomfortable. That can make things a struggle for us. It's not always easy. As a matter of fact, it will often be uncomfortable and sometimes even painful I mean, look at the early believers and those that were martyrs for their faith, even to this day. Those that have been killed for what they believe in. It's not necessarily an easy path, it's just the right path. Zechariah 13.9 speaks about this, and it says this, And I will put the th- this third into the fire, and refine them as one refines silver, and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name, and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people, and they will say, the Lord is my God. When you're living for God, sometimes you're going to be put through fire. Sometimes you're going to be put through trials. But can I tell you that those trials and that fire, it refines you. If you know anything about jewelry and fine metals... Like when you, when you go mining for gold, the gold that comes out of the ground is not necessarily clean. It's got impurities. It has d- dirt or other types of metals mixed in with it. So how, what do they do? They melt it. They run it through the fire. It burns off the impar- impurities. It separates from everything else. And then you have pure gold afterwards. That's how we have to view the uncomfortable times, the difficult times as believers, is we have to see it as God refining us. God is in the refining business. It matures us. It makes us better. Can I I shock you with something real quick? God is not interested in how successful you are. I know that might surprise some of you, especially like the area we live in, people are very driven here on success and like they want to accomplish certain things in the business world or in their lives with their families. But can I tell you, God is not interested in how successful you are. He could care less about your 401k and your bank accounts. 
What he's interested in is making us more like Jesus. Making us uncommon. And sometimes that takes a little refining. Sometimes that takes some trials. Sometimes that takes some struggles. God's refining takes faith and trusting what you can't see. It's uncomfortable to be uncommon. Because sometimes it requires you to take a step into the unknown. Sometimes it requires you to take a step into an area that you're not really sure what's going to happen. Sometimes it requires you to take that step where you don't know where the next step after that leads to. You guys all know the psalm. It talks about where, where, where the God is our, our lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, right? I think I've shared this illustration before. It doesn't say that God is like a roadmap with like turn-by-turn GPS directions, right? No, it says he's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, which that means is when you're in the dark on the trail and you're walking, all you can see if you have a lamp or a lantern is that next step in front of you. You can't see down the trail. You can't see what's like a mile down the road. No, you see that next step. And you take that next step. And then the lamp, God lights up that next step. And you take another step. And God lights up that next step and you take another step in it. And you continue down that path because God is guiding you through it. And guys, listen, sometimes the path might be hard. Sometimes the path might be difficult. There might be trials. There might be struggles. There's going to be refining in that moment. But guys, can I tell you that it's all worth it because in the end, you become more uncommon. You become more like Jesus. So what do we do? How do we do this? As, as high school students in this room, as adults in this room, as individuals, what do we do to become more uncommon, to fulfill the call to be uncommon in our lives? For this very simple, guys, listen, ready? Listen to me. It's very, very similar to the calling that each and every one of you has, the purpose that each and every one of you has. Ready? It says this, seek God first and the rest will come. Seek God first, and the rest will come. In Matthew chapter number 6, Jesus talks about this a little bit, and he says, in, starting in verse number 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? We worry about things that we don't need to worry about. What this passage is saying here, guys, is listen, it takes a little bit of faith, but we need to trust God. We need to seek him. Let him light up that next step on the path and take it. Let him light up that next step and take it and continue to seek after him. Trust him. We need to train ourselves to trust God in all things. 
I heard a story the other day. A youth pastor friend of mine was sharing the story, and he said he was walking at the beach, and there was a boardwalk, and they were kind of walking on the, on the sand, and the boardwalk was up here, and they were walking as a family. And his little daughter was like maybe four years old, five years old, and she was walking up on the boardwalk, like climbing on the side of it, like over the sand, and like the rest of the family's right here walking. And he said, out of nowhere, he hears this phrase, Daddy, catch me. And he turns, and his daughter is already midair, jumping towards him. And it, like he said, his instincts kicked in, his like daddy nerves kicked in, and he was able to grab her out of air and catch her and like keep her from getting hurt, from falling. And he, he, he sat her down and said, sweetie, why, why would you do that? Like, why would you jump when no one was watching? And you, you, like, you didn't know that I was going to turn and catch. And she looked at me and said, daddy, I knew you'd get me. I knew you'd catch me. I knew you'd take care of me. I knew you wouldn't let me fall. Man, what a representation of what it should be like with God in our lives. We should know that God's got us, that God will take care of us, that God will catch us as long as we're being obedient and we're pursuing him. As long as we're going towards him, he will take care of you. We need this kind of trust in our lives. Haggai, back to Haggai in chapter number two, it says this in verse number six, chapter two. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of the nations shall come in and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. I love the, the, the passage here and what he's saying, what, what God is saying is, listen, the gold is mine, the silver is mine. I will speak and things will become great. Trust me. I'm greater than anything that you'll come against. I'm greater than any treasure you can possibly accumulate because all that treasure belongs to me. Trust me. Rely on me. Seek to build God's kingdom and he will do great things. I promise you. He's done it in my life time after time. He has continued to pursue. He's continued to, to bless. He's continued to honor me and, and do things in my life that I don't deserve because I've pursued him. And I've trusted him. What do you need to tweak in your life? What do you need to tweak in your life to make sure that you're seeking the kingdom of God first so that you're building his house and not your own, so that you're pursuing his plan for your life and not your own selfish plans? Do you need to spend more time with him? Are you too busy to get in the Bible? Are you too busy to pray? Do you look for others for advice on your future rather than to God? Is there a sin that has consumed you and consumed your heart and consumed your mind that's gotten out of control that takes your mind off of him and your focus off of him? 
Are there certain relationships in your life that are toxic, that have drawn you away from Jesus? Are there certain things uh, in your life, certain traits, maybe are you lazy? Do you have a lack of trust? Or have you never trusted God before at all? My hope and prayer is that every single one of us in here would take that step, whatever it is that's stopping us from living out what we're called to be, whatever it is we're called to do for Jesus, whatever it is that we're called to accomplish, whatever it is that's stopping you from doing that, that you would eliminate that from your life so that you can be uncommon. Let's do whatever it takes to trust an uncommon God and live an uncommon life that we've been called to. What are you afraid of? What do you have to be afraid of? We've got the God of the universe on our side. We've got the God uh, that, that spoke everything we see into existence. He knows what we need. And if we seek him, I promise you, he will take care of us. He will catch us when we move. He will refine us and make us more like Jesus. He will make us uncommon. Can I pray for us? God, we, we come to you tonight as a room full of students. Lord, that we know that we miss the mark. We know that we, we don't live out what you've called us to do. We know that we, we, we're called to live differently. We know that. We see it in your word. We see it in our lives. That We see that you have, you have challenged us to live differently, yet we miss the mark so often. God, I pray that every single one of us in this room would have a refreshed fire. Lord, that we would do everything we can to live for you. Lord, that we would ask the questions that we need answered of the people that can answer them. God, I pray that you would move in this place, Lord, that you would touch the hearts of the students that are in here. Lord, that you would send us into our community, that we would live differently so that people would see just how uncommon you are and how good you are. Lord, help us to be the uncommon community of the church. Lord, help us to love well. Help us to reach others with the gospel. Help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Help us to do everything that we can to honor you. God, I pray for a move in this place. Lord, that you would get the heart you would get the, the, the minds of those in this room focused on you. And we would see life change. We would celebrate life change. We would celebrate the gospel transforming lives. Lord, send us. Help us to live the uncommon life that you've called us to. Lord, I pray if there's one in this room that doesn't know who you are, that doesn't know you, that is not saved, that's never asked you to forgive them of their sins, Lord, I pray that they would not leave this place without talking to myself, talking to Hunter or one of the other adults in here that would love to share the love of Christ with them. 
love you. It's in Jesus' most glorious and precious name we pray. Amen. Why don't you stand together, guys? Patrick's going to lead us in a song, and I just want you to